Our first scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Daniel, chapter 10, verses 4 through 12. Hear now the word of the Lord. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, the Tigris, I looked up, and there before me was a man dressed in linen, with a belt of fine gold from Uphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of a multitude. I, Daniel, was the only one who saw the vision. Those who were with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left, my face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I am about to speak to you, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Our second scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Hear now the word of the Lord. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached his spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. This is the word of God for the people of God. Over the past few weeks, we've talked about many different things that can stand as obstacles to us as we try to hear and follow God's call in our lives. We've seen that it can be hard to hear God when there are so many other voices surrounding us, and that it can be hard to understand because God's plans are often unclear in the moment. Last week, we talked about how our fear can prevent us from following because God has shown time and time again that pursuing Him is usually a difficult lifestyle that places us at odds with the norms and standards of the culture that surrounds us. 
misunderstanding, confusion, fear. These are all things that are to some degree or another beyond our control and which stand in our way. But this morning, as we close out this series, I felt like we should acknowledge that it's often not an external influence that blocks us from hearing God, but that sometimes, many times, we ourselves are the ones who do it. Think about it this way. Even without hearing or understanding the full will of God, and even when you're frightened by what you do hear, the grace and love of God is great enough that we can trust and follow Him anyway. But the fact that so many people who have encountered God's work at some point or another still live uh, lives in which they follow some path other than His makes it clear that there is an internal element to our faith, and that there is something required of us if we are to be called faithful. Look, the truth is there are a lot of people who choose to flee or hide from God because it's hard to stand before Him. It's hard. Like we said last week, it's terrifying to stand before the one so much more powerful and so much larger than yourself. To have the author of creation focused on you individually, that's terrifying. Our first scripture this morning told us that when he had his vision, Daniel was not alone, but that he was in the company of several other men when the presence of God came near. But Daniel alone, a faithful prophet, in a time when faith was dangerous, saw the Lord because all of the other men who were there with him hid in terror. The vision that Daniel saw was amazing and powerful, much like the ones we talked about last week in Ezekiel or in the book of Revelation. But the other people didn't even need to see God to be afraid. Before the Lord, who is again described like one made of fire and molten metal, whose likeness seemed to encompass the wonders of nature, Daniel also found himself absolutely stunned. Now keep in mind, this is not at the beginning of Daniel's story. This is ten chapters into the book. At this point, Daniel has been living as a prophet of the Lord for quite some time, receiving visions and interpreting dreams. But this, this was something altogether different. This was something personal. Daniel writes, So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. In this story, we see different people confronted by the same awesome presence of God and giving two dramatically different responses. We have the people who fled before they even saw the vision of the Lord, and we have Daniel who felt the fear, and not only stayed, but then conversed with the messenger. And then, and then there's Zacchaeus. I think I said the same thing in the same way last time I talked about Zacchaeus, but that sentiment encompasses my thoughts on him perfectly. It seems like a quaint story in a lot of ways. A man who's disliked by everyone wants to see Jesus, but is too short to see over the crowd that gathers. 
Resourceful as he is, he climbs up a sycamore fig tree to get a better view and gets noticed and called on by Jesus. There's no denying, this is a neat story. And the novelty of a grown man climbing a tree makes it a perfect one for us to teach to children, which is why anybody who grew up in Sunday school or going to vacation Bible school probably learned a song about it. But you know, there's nothing in this scripture that indicates that Zacchaeus ever intended to be more than a passive observer to Jesus' visit to town. He was curious. He was interested in the man who drew crowds everywhere he went and wanted to be a part of a big citywide gathering. But that this tax collector's life would be changed must have been so far beyond his expectations that it wouldn't even have occurred to him. So now we have three examples here of three different responses to God. The people who were with Daniel all of whom ran and hid when God approached. Daniel, who felt the same fear as his companions but stood firm in his faith. And Zacchaeus, who felt so insignificant in the eyes of the Lord that he expected to be able to see him without being changed. I expect that most of us, if given the choice, would like to be like Daniel standing faithfully and with courage before the Lord and engaging with him when given the chance. In that story, you know, the two options are presented at the same time, with the scared people being contrasted immediately against the brave Daniel. But in Zacchaeus's story, we see something a little bit different. In his story, the contrast isn't between Zacchaeus and everyone else, it's between pre-Jesus Zacchaeus and post-Jesus Zacchaeus. Between feelings of insignificance or indifference and embracing the call to live a new life. How do we hide from Jesus? We all want to be like Daniel, but it's more likely that we relate better to the people who couldn't handle God's presence and ran. Or to old Zacchaeus, who felt like he was too far gone for the Lord to notice. You know, have you ever seen a little kid who's afraid to get in trouble and so they hide under a blanket? They're just covered by a thin piece of fabric that does nothing to actually obscure their location, but it lets them feel safer because they can't see their parents. Or maybe you've seen a shy child who, upon meeting one of their parents' friends, runs and hides behind their legs. It's almost like it's built into us as humans to run and hide whenever confronted with something unexpected or unfamiliar, no matter how useless our concealment proves to be. We can look at a, a little bit more serious of an example do you know that many famous comedians are known to also struggle with deep depression? And they say that their jokes are a way to help them have temporary relief. To help them forget about their sadness for just a little while. And Winston Churchill, who is known for his grandiose speeches and political prowess, said that he also fought constantly with what he called his black dog, or his persistent melancholy. 
Now, the point today isn't to talk at length about mental health, but rather about the fact that so many people search constantly for ways to distract or hide themselves from really significant things in their own lives. And we don't have to run away to hide. Maybe hiding looks more like Zacchaeus standing behind the lie of his own worthlessness, and you can hide behind a lie. I've known people who, in trying to avoid reflecting on the realities of God or their lives, have pursued lives that consist of little more than just hopping from one party to another, or who have sought to accumulate as much stuff as they could. I've seen people dive fully into their work, endlessly driving towards unattainable goals, and when they start to get close, those goalposts just move down the road so that they never can reach them. Success, popularity, influence, even fleeting happiness. If we let these things take center stage in our lives, what are they but idols that we hide behind like a child with a blanket? But there's good news to be heard. No matter how long we've been hiding, no matter how frightened or unsure or insecure we've been, God's calling reaches us wherever we are. The truth is, we can't hide from God any more than a child can hide under a blanket. You know, I've been saying that Daniel stood before the Lord with faithful courage, but even he was called out of his fear, and he was afraid, so that he could hear what God's messenger had to say. It says, A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words that I'm about to speak to you, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this to me, I stood up trembling. And then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. Look, the presence of God was so powerful that Daniel, though faithful as he was, found himself with his face to the ground, as though even his legs had given out. Now this is not to fault him, not at all, but he simply wasn't strong enough to maintain his composure in the face of such glory. And who would be? But out of his human weakness, God called him and gave him the strength to stand. And Zacchaeus, whose lost cause mentality was so strong that he didn't even think he needed to hide for God to miss him, found himself called out of more than just his tree. Come down at once, Jesus commands him. Can you imagine? Can you imagine how surprising it would have been for him to have been singled out by someone so highly regarded and, high, and widely known as the Messiah? But he doesn't stop there. Jesus continues, I must stay at your house today. Jesus didn't just want a fleeting, momentary encounter with Zacchaeus. He didn't want a purely emotional, so-called mountaintop experience that happened and then was over. 
No, he called on him to be welcoming, to go beyond his normal life and open his home to a stranger who is known to do amazing things. And immediately after he listens, immediately after he obeys, as soon as he comes down from that tree, Zacchaeus finds himself called out of his life of sin and into a new life, one that's shaped by his encounter with Jesus Christ. That's how we're called, too, if we're willing to listen. God calls us wherever we are, inviting us to come out from our hiding places and away from the idols we pretend will protect us so that we can meet him. And if we do, if we come down from our trees like Zacchaeus or stand up like Daniel, then we can hear the second part of our calling. We're called to be open to the work of Jesus Christ and to be reborn like Zacchaeus, the tax collector, giving up his wealth. Or like we talked about last week, a fisherman giving up his boat. We're called to let all of our old ways fall away. All of the misplaced devotion and the unnecessary fears. And follow Jesus down the path that leads to everlasting life. Here's the truth, not just of today's message but of this whole series. God knows you, and he knows your need for him. He says to Daniel these amazing words, and I know I've read them a few times already this morning, but they're just so good. He says, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. Isn't that a wonderful message? The Lord heard Daniel's prayers. He knew his needs, and he came to meet him in response. And Zacchaeus, too, was known and sought out by God, who saw his curiosity and his interest, and then worked within it to draw him nearer And because both of them were willing to stand before God when called, each of them had their lives changed. So hear the good news. God can and will change your life if you're willing to listen and follow. It's an amazing invitation, one which is sometimes hard to hear usually hard to understand, and almost always somewhat frightening, but man, it leads into something so much bigger, so much more wonderful than what we could ever hope to know otherwise. It's not cheap or easy, and you'll find that it requires a lot of faith, but following where the Lord leads you, though difficult, is the only way, it's the only way to find abundant fulfilled, and glorious life. So hear the call. Listen and follow. Amen.